Hi and welcome to The Expansive. If you've been with us on this journey for a while, then welcome back. This is episode number 91 today. Uh, if you are, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, we, we're on our way to 100 very, very rapidly. Uh, we'll get there in Jan or Feb of 2022. Feb, Feb, yeah. Yeah. So if you're new here, welcome. Uh, this is our weekly podcast where we explore topics like leadership, psychology, business, technology, and what it really means for individuals and organizations to approach the future with an expansive mind. My name is Eric Kruger. I'm one half of the Expansive Podcast. And with me, as always, is my ever-elegant co-host, Mr. John Sane. John, what? before we get any further, how's things going on your side? Yeah, all good. Thank you. Load shedding in South Africa is frustrating all of us. I'm not sleeping that well. I made a post about it. But besides that, I'm feeling hot, 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 yeah. hot. Summer's here and I'm feeling good. Listen, we'll get to your soppy posts in just a, mo a moment. Just, like, just hold off. Just hold off on the drama here. Like, let me just get to my intro, you know? So <laughs> we've got four episodes left for this year. Um, we are slowly starting our wind down. We won't be recording during December, and we'll speak about that a little bit later. Uh, but essentially, four episodes left for the year. And it's been an awesome journey. This year, the show has really uh, continued to expand. We've had listeners tune in from all over the world, the UK, the UAE, the US. And we release new content every single week. So if you feel like tuning in and joining us on this journey, then hit subscribe, find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. So before we get into the content for the day, um, we always like to just have a quick look at what's happening in the news. Uh, what is something that's been top of mind for you or that stood out for you this week? Yeah, look, I was in Italy recently and uh, I'm still following a couple hashtags around Italy um, on my different social channels, which is what I do before I go to a country or to a place. I, I follow the hashtags for those cities or for those regions. Mm. And I've just seen recently that uh, the Italian flight attendants for Alitalia have stripped off their clothing to protest work conditions. Um, I think uh, all of us can agree that we're all happy that women are stripped clothing <laughs> in, in, with their own uh, desires to do so. But that's not the point of this. The point is they are sort of, they're upset that they're losing their jobs. And Alitalia is closed down. I don't know if you know that. And this is not an Italian thing, but many airlines around the world that were owned by governments are closing down and becoming privately owned mm. smaller airlines or they're doing sort of like deals that are government and private. The truth is it's such a tough industry. A government can't run anything, let alone now a cutting edge uh, very lean industry like flying. And so, you know, when I, when I caught my Alitalia flight recently, I knew that it was like the, like a couple of days afterwards. In fact, Alitalia would be closing. But what this protest brings up for me so much is when I see it is I find it sad that these people aren't realizing that this world is ending and they're not willing to evolve. They are protesting for the old world to come back and to, for them to hold on to their old jobs adding all types of value. And again, if you think about Italy as a general country, as awesome as it is, and I don't want to take anything away from Italy, the food, the people, the style, the architecture, amazing. But Italy is still celebrating 2,000 years ago. And many mm. parts of Italy, you go to see history. You don't go see the future. And so when I see these women protesting, you know, sorry that you're losing your jobs, but you're also not evolving. You're not choosing. So all this energy that you're feeling anxious about, you could be acting on them. And all this mm. energy that you're feeling frustrated about, you could be channeling into something else and evolving into something new, adding new value somewhere, learning crypto, learning whatever. Just learn something else, find something else. So that's the first thing that like 
piece of news that really stood out for me. Um, and I made a post about this a while back that, you know, certain empires celebrate their past and certain empires celebrate their future. And I think we spoke about it on the podcast as well. Mm, we did. <clears throat> and this is another description of people protesting the, I mean, celebrating their past and protesting that the future doesn't look like the past. Well, welcome mm. to it. None of our futures look like our past. What's been, uh, you, you know, yeah. um, it reminds me when like maybe like, like a year or two years ago, we had the, the taxis, um, like lash out against Uber. Remember that? Like in, mm. in SA? Mm. Um, around the world, big, right? Fact, like they, yeah. Yeah. around the world, in fact. Yeah, yeah. you're right. But yeah. I mean, I remember like you'd go to the airport and like your Uber would say to you, like, meet me around the corner essentially <laughs> because they were so afraid yeah. of like, yeah. uh, of action against them, you know? Mm. And that's exactly it. It's like fighting hard to keep the way things are going instead of trying to, but it's always easier, you know, and it's always easier to, cause I look at this and I think like they've chosen to be the victim here. Like it's not like Alitalia sat down and said, listen, like let's just, let's just close down, you know, and like, yes, you're going to lose their job, but like, like we over this game for now, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Happens around the world. But, you know, somebody said on Instagram today, are we having a generational issue around the world that people aren't adopting new things? And it's just old software that doesn't want to be upgraded. That's all mm. it is. It's like I've got an iPhone, but I'm just going to use iOS 10 or 5. I don't want to upgrade. Yeah. Why don't you want to upgrade? Ah, I'm fine with what's going on today. But you know that the upgrade makes you faster, gets your battery to last longer, the connectivity is better. Like, it's, there's so many pros. No, 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 no. I, I don't understand it, mm. so I don't want to do it. So it's really just mm. an opportunity to upgrade software. And this protest, again, example of that, you know. Listen, and it's, we live in a culture of protest because <laughs> that's being the victim. And yeah. the moment you play the victim, you get all the attention and it feels yeah. good. And like, yeah. it, it feels like you're even doing something, but you're not really doing anything. Yeah. And unfortunately it feels to me like that is, it's just kind of expected these days that if, if you feel wronged, like protest about it, make yeah. a deal about it, make a social media post about it, because how dare someone do something to you? Yeah. Um, when actually they didn't do anything to you. Like, it's just your perception of it. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more in my first book, What's Your Moonshot? I called it peeing in your nappy. Yes, and, and thinking like a victim is like peeing in your nappy. The first 30 seconds is fantastic. Everything's nice and warm and squishy and it's the best idea you ever had. <laughs> and then after 30 seconds, the worst idea you ever had because that nappy nice, you have to throw it away. It smells, et cetera, et cetera. So thinking like a victim gives you that warm, fuzzy familiarity and feeling. And then eventually you realize that you're just back at square one. In fact, even going backwards. What have you been yeah. watching in the news? Uh, anything that you've been catching your eye? Well, listen, uh, two things. Uh, the fact that Elon Musk is now the richest person in the world. No, the richest person in history. Did ever. you see that? Yeah, ever. ever. Yeah. 250 No, close to 300. Dollars. I think he peaked at 300. Is it more now? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, dude. Anyway, can't keep up. Can't keep up. Jeez. Yeah. It's yeah. insane, no? Yeah, it's really. like, it's madness to, yeah. I can't comprehend it. No, I don't think anybody can. I mean, just try and think about putting, it's, stacking that amount of money in one place. I mean, it just doesn't make sense even. Did you see that post that they said um, that he could now buy MTN, Vodacom, yes. uh, who was like, they list like six blue chip companies in South Africa. And then he still has like 2 trillion rand left over after yeah. he's bought all those companies. Well, I think they did something uh, in the same way in America as well. They were showing all the companies that he could buy and do whatever he wanted. But you know what's awesome? He lives in a 50 square meter caravan. You know, that's like, he's not a yeah. flash guy. He couldn't give a shit, actually. I don't even think he, like, it's not even important for him. You know, he just wants to change the world and look what he's doing. So hats Tell off me, to um, 
Yeah, how, how do you feel about the whole billionaire thing? Because, you know, people get very upset about people who hoard massive amount of cash, even though, like, we know that cash isn't sitting in his bank, right? But people get very upset about this billionaire thing. Where yeah, do I you think stand the, I think I think the, the, the thing that people are upset about is the lack of paying tax. And I've listened to an interview with him recently at Code, and he's like, do you know how much tax I pay? That's a wrong perception. Mm. And he went through a process of explaining how he pays tax and where he pays tax. And in fact, it's a very high number. It's not a low number. And he said, that's just a misconception. It's like, it's rubbish, actually. And the way he explained it in a very calm manner. And you know what? He was actually okay with paying tax. He wasn't against it. Mm. So I think I think there is a, a victim mindset, a scarcity mindset, an envy society and so, look, I, I myself am envious of people around me as well. I'm not, I'm not adverse to having those emotions. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's been magnified because of social media. It's been magnified mm. because we live on our news feeds and then we continuously get told how much money they have and then other people are starving and other people aren't doing well and your own business isn't doing well. So your immediate response is bastard. It's, like, mm. it's almost like this envy that's projected onto it. Look, I don't, sure. I don't mm. ultimately... I, I don't have a major issue with it, you know. I, I'm, mm. I'm focused on what I'm doing and I'm focused on how I'm evolving and I've got my own shit to deal with. So I don't know. I, don't, I, I personally don't have, a, I don't have an issue with. Good for them mm. as long as they're changing the world and not being evil about it. And I think Elon Musk, more so than all the other billionaires up there, he, he's a fantastic engineer and a visionary. He's not really there for the money. you know. He, and he's shown mm. that over and over and over. It's like the money's just a secondary part of him wanting to have this massive transformational um, sort of impact on the world around us. And I think it's a wonderful uh, poster child for somebody who's that rich rather than a Mark Zuckerberg or a, a Rupert, not Rupert, uh, who's the guy who owns Fox News? The evil guy who looks like a lizard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Murdoch, Murdoch. Murdoch, yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys are evil, dude. I mean, that's just that's just pure evil. That's like, it's, I just can't see anything good that comes out of those people. But you know, mm. when when uh, when you have somebody like this who's just he's just carrying on, you know, lives in a fifty square meter place, like whatever, and let's just keep going. We wears crappy clothes, can't tell a speech, even if he tried. I mean, he's the worst orator in the world. And uh, mm. look at him, man, he's operating. So yeah, hats off. Mm. What do you think about billionaires? Yeah, I'm. I'm also. I'm totally okay with it. I think that when you create change at that level, mm. like. You should be rewarded for it. You know, at the end of the day, mm. these people are like, sure, I think at some point the game gets rigged in your favor. Like once you get to a certain level of net yeah. worth, um, definitely like it, like to those who have a lot more shall be given, right? Yeah. Like it, it just kind of the flywheel takes over. Yeah. Um, but I do think, you know, if you look at the likes of, uh, Jobs and Bill Gates and irrespective of your opinion of them, they fundamentally change the world, the way the world operates. Yes. And yes. I think at that level, like they've advanced us in so many ways. And so I think it's fine. Like I, I have no problem with you reaping the rewards of hard work and innovation and genius. Just don't you know? be a dick. I think it's That's fine. All. That's all. Just a, don't be a yeah, dick yeah. about it. You know what I mean? And like be generous with it because more will come. You've built that sort of understanding and abundant mindset. And so, yeah, carry on going. So look, ultimately, I'm, we focus on what we're doing. And uh, mm. it's nice to have poster childs like that and for us to look up to them. And I think the world needs new heroes to look up to, you know. Um, we, we, we can't keep uh, looking at Wall Street and, and defining our success like Wall Street spends their money, which is just ridiculous. Or like mm. rap hip-hop stars spend their money pouring champagne around three girls at a nightclub. I mean, that's 
ridiculous. That's not something to look up to. Mm. That's just that's shocking, mate. So I like this. You know, change the world, reap the benefits, be generous. Yes, keep going. You know, that's a it's a wonderful thing to look up to. Listen. So I think let's then get on to our topic for the day. Mm. Um, we. <laughs> Yeah, we're like 13 minutes into our podcast here. So when um, the past two episodes, we've spoken about clarity and the need for creating more clarity. We spoke a bit about the fact that, you know, I feel like I'm in a space of good clarity. You've been kind of in the wilderness trying mm -hmm. to find more clarity. Mm -hmm. uh, we spoke about learning and we spoke about the importance of uh, rapid learning, really, in a world where things are changing very quickly. And I think this Alitalia thing just kind of highlights that again, like mm -hmm. the real need we have to rapidly and effectively learn new things and retool and reskill. Mm -hmm. And today we wanted to speak a little bit about taking action um, mm. and maybe the sort of balance between action and sitting. So mm. do you want to tee this, that up for us? Yeah, so I mean, you alluded to it a little bit earlier. I made a post a couple of days ago that you call the sloppy post, which I never was intended to become a sloppy, sloppy. post. Oh, sloppy. sloppy. Not sloppy. Oh, yeah, sloppy not sounds sloppy. like yeah. it's a sloppy, sloppy post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, okay, yeah. Very different. It was well but, written. Well done. But both, but both derogatory. <laughs> but both derogatory. So uh, we'll just go, we'll stick to the derogatory aspect of it. Um, so I was, uh, yeah, because I... Uh, somebody actually messaged me and said, what's what's going on? Actually, Joe, Joe from Dubai. You, we all know Joe. Hello, Joe. She listens mm. to our podcast and she recommends us. So again, thanks so much. You know, she sold my bicycle and she actually, I think I make money on my bicycle. So Joe, big up to you. I'm looking forward to seeing you and having lunch and getting my money. But what Joe said to me is like, where are you? Why aren't you on social media? I'm like, yeah, I'm just taking strain to be honest. You know, I, 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 I've got no energy to share. I don't know what's going on inside my own head. And then I woke up a few days ago, yesterday actually, I made a post and uh, this is what I wrote. I said, not sure about you, but wow, the last few weeks have been an emotional roller coaster. Not sure what I'm feeling, who I am, where I'm going and how I'm even getting there. Turmoil, healing, cleansing, evolving, messy, moody and confusing. This transformation is not for the faint hearted. And, the, and it's just, it's crazy what this post has done. People are hugging me on the promenade. People are offering me free healing sessions. And I was talking to you about this yesterday about like, kind of being unclear, anxious, frustrated about my next steps. And so we wanted to talk about how I've overcome some of these things and also share some of Eric's uh, sort of lessons and research around this. But ultimately, what this brought us to was I'm moving to Dubai next year and the world isn't what it used to be. And Dubai is a very expensive city to live in. And in order to be living there comfortably, you need to be making a lot of money. And I'm anxious about it. I, I'm not anxious. I'm just like, I sometimes think about it and go, my God, I just don't have clarity of what's going to happen there, mm. how it's going to happen. And I woke up yesterday um, at about, no, two days ago at about three o'clock in the morning. I also haven't been sleeping well. So three o'clock in the morning. And I, what I've been doing is I've been going straight into a meditation. So when I do wake up, I toss and turn a little bit and then I just put in my earphones and I do a Joe Dispenza meditation and I've been doing some amazing ones. In fact, he says his best time to meditate is like 3.30, 4.30 in the morning because your brain is full of melatonin. You're half in that dream state. You're already in theta. So you can really access that world in a, in a very mm. powerful way. And I had this brain like shazam into my head around what I need to be doing in Dubai, which I'll talk about on another podcast. But what it became very clear for me that immediately as I had that idea, that level of clarity and action totally subsided any stress, any frustration, any anxiousness I had. 
And so mm. I wanted to read something that somebody posted on 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 this present on the on this uh, post I did on Facebook, and it says. Along with all the growth and healing, remember to give yourself time for integration, which is a fancy word for allowing shit to settle. It looks like doing nothing. This nothing is incredibly necessary. And so I think there's two things to deal with this lack of clarity, frustration, transformation that we're in, and definitely where I'm feeling a lot of it personally, is to sit with it, which I have been doing for the last few weeks, but then also to act and learn new things. And in the process of sitting and integrating also acting and engaging with new types of information so that you are not just sitting, wallowing. You're sitting with intention of integrating and then acting and creating some sort of plan to work yourself out of it or work towards mm. something so that you're not just acting anxiously because that what can also happen. I'm supposed to be busy, 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 busy to not feel anxious or, or frustrated. Or the other side of it is, well, I'm just feeling down. I'm just going to sit here and sit in my own shit and wallow in it and feel sorry for myself. And I think you need a combo. And the combo is to consciously sit inactively and to be okay with it, not to feel sorry for yourself in that process. And I write about this in my new book where I talk about courageously mourning is actually mourning with the intention of healing and growth, not just sitting there sobbing and sobbing and sobbing, but actually mm. sitting there and sobbing and almost being grateful for the sob, you know, almost sitting, and I know it's hard to do, but almost to, to level being grateful for the, the pain that you're going through because you know that you're going somewhere. And then at the next phase of it, expose yourself to new things. Think about new things that you could be trying, experimenting, engaging with, bringing some new information in so that you can both consciously get rid of or heal or integrate that anxiousness and lack of clarity, as well as bringing new information in and acting on it. Mm. Yeah, there's so much to unpack in what you just said. Um, I think when a lot of people think of sitting with it, you know, it's, it's in a way, it's very comfortable advice for them to hear because it means, oh, I don't need to do anything. Yeah. But like you were saying, that that process needs to be very conscious. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that you go through your day, your usual day, and it's just in the back of your mind. It means there's dedicated time that you allocate to thinking about this. Mm. Um, but I think what that what the sitting with it implies is that partly I'm thinking about it, but partly I'm giving it space as well. So mm. I'm not putting a deadline saying like, by the end of this week, I need full clarity and that's mm. it. And if you go listen to our clarity episode, that's what we said is that it's, it's a thing that comes and goes. Like you can't dictate for it to happen. So if you say, I have to have clarity by the end of this week, and I'm going to sit with it until then. Mm. That's not sitting with it. That's forcing yeah. it. And yeah. if you force it, yeah. you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So sitting is like this, this one aspect of it is patience for yeah. it to unfold and be like presented to you. Another aspect of it is that it's a conscious container where you are actively thinking about this uh, mm. through multiple lenses, perhaps. Mm. And I always saw this in Think Week, dude. It's like, you know, in Think Week, there's like a five-minute uh, time period to think about a topic or your problem through a filter. Mm. And I was always amazed the level of uh, insight that people could create in five minutes of dedicated thinking. Mm. Because we don't do that. Mm. We're just so busy. Mm. So... So to me, that's what kind of what, what the sitting part of this entails is the, the patience, the conscious container and the, the active thinking, perhaps through different filters. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that's a, I remember doing Think Week with you and I remember that being a very awesome space to think and, 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 you know, have your phone off and to actually think about it. I think we get nervous when we get given those options ourselves. We're like, oh, no, 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 I'm not busy enough. I think also another thing I learned through the process of sitting with it is to get away from my dogmatic routines. You know, I've been an incredibly ritualistic human being and over this period of time, I lost interest in keeping those rituals. I lost interest in keeping those. And, you know, I think that's okay. And I I actually think it's good to break away from some routine so that you can be more fluid and not so rigid in the process that you go about it. And I think the real trick is not to stick to routine as it is to find the blind spots that are holding you back in certain parts in your life. And so mm. the practice has moved from, okay, well, keep doing what you've always done. Be ritualistic. Make sure you read in the morning, you meditate, you blah, blah, blah. Like all these other things that we all do and, and kind of have always thought about as the description of success. But what I've started to move towards is almost this idea of who do I engage with who's able to see my world and just give me insights into the blind spots that I can't see. And so mm. I've been engaging with some coaches and I've been engaging with some numerologists around this concept of where are my blind spots when it comes to money, where it comes to relationships, where it comes to success, where it comes to pretty much every touch point in my life has a blind mm. spot that I can't see. So this, this ability to sit with it and this uncomfortability, break away from your rituals, try new ones and engage with people that look and can see blind spots that you can't see within your own reality. Now that gives you a catalyst into the next step, which is the action, which is the planning, mm. which is the next phase of going through this sort of uncomfortability. So when you had this download at three o'clock at night, um, how did you then go about converting that download into action? So, you know, the, the immediately I made notes. I woke up and started making notes around it. And the next day I briefed my business manager, Anita. I told her exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I wrote a long essay on WhatsApp about it, voice noted it, and she loved it. And she was very much on board. And then what we did, we started briefing it out into designers, into web developers, into, so just, it's a, it's, and, I, and I'll unpack it in another podcast, but it's a new way to think about the future and it's a it's a it's a it's a different uh, fresh perspective of how to create the future and so the first thing we need to do is we need to develop the the digital collateral the website the holding page all these things around it and once that's set up and then to start taking the next step so step one only is just to birth it and get it out there and give it a personality and then start the next phase mm. yeah you know um this morning when I was writing, I was writing about um, failures in execution because when you talk about being dangerous, there are the three components, which is cognition, regulation, and execution. Okay. And what I'm looking for is like, why do people fail to act? Like, it came quite naturally for you to go from the mm. idea to the execution, mm. right? Like, there's a the, the, maybe there are obstacles, but like, it's a, it's a, it's a disposition for you that like mm. i have this idea and i mean we've been working together for a while so i've seen this with you it's like i have this idea like let me action it straight away mm. Mm. like there's no pause in between mm. um but for many people that's a big challenge like yeah. they'll they'll have that download and nothing will come of it and if or something will come of it but it, it won't be effective and so like why do people fail at taking action look for me what have you seen 
No, for me, it's it's a great question. Do you coach, Eric? I think you should coach. I mean, that's a great question. Yeah, I'm yeah, considering yeah. it. Yeah, you're considering, considering it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're having this coaching session here live in front of all the people listening to this podcast. Um, no, look, I think what, what it is is that I am incredibly keen to evolve and have breakthroughs and to understand where I'm going much more than I am caught up with who I've been. And I think mm. what stops people from acting is they're so caught up in their old identity that they don't really want to let go of it and to evolve because they don't know who this new person is going to be in this new world. And I am mm. all about this new person. And look, I, I work on the future. So I'm inherently cool and keen and to and want to be first adopter, early adopter into trying new things. So I think just inherently it's within my psyche and other people are inherently stuck to who they were or want to hold on to that identity as long as they can because they just don't want to let go of it. So it becomes down to that very underlying emotional state that you're carrying about evolving. So you kind mm. of don't want to evolve, but you're like, oh God, the action didn't work. Or I don't want to mm. bring it into action because you underlyingly don't want to evolve. I am all about evolving and I've always been since I can remember. So I think it's just my programming. Um, but I yeah. also think that people need to investigate Are they, as Joe Dispenza says, um, are they living a life based on a set of memories from your past or are you living a life based on the vision of your future? Mm. And most people are in repetition, unfortunately. Sure. You know, it's amazing. Like when you say that, I mean, we've listened to that meditation so many times. Like it, <laughs> yeah. it just feels like a homecoming. The moment you hear that, you know, like oh. there's a, there's something you tune into the moment you hear that sentence because you've like done that meditation so many times. Jeez, I'm getting goosebumps. Him yeah. Say it yeah, so many times. So, he's so good. <laughs> Jeez, he's so good at So I'm Mark. Look, um, Eric, let's say this here. Look, next Joe Dispenza meditation retreat I'm going on, you're coming with. And mm. also whoever is listening to this podcast, we'll let you guys know which one we're going on. And let's actually all go because the more of us can be there, the more of us get the tools and understanding of how to take action based on the vision of your future rather than the lack of it based on memories. Mm. I think that'd be a great yeah, exercise. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Like a, like a, um, in closing, just what I've also noticed when it comes to people converting how they think and how they feel into action is that I think very often, and like this um, Alitalia thing again, like the perfect example, right, is that you you lack the skill to take action. You know, mm. like you you know that there's something new that you need to go and do, but you don't have the skill to go and do it. And like mm. you you lack the motivation or the drive to go and learn something new. So like mm. if that's where you find yourself, you also need to go and investigate where that's coming from. Because I think a, a big reason for why your, your action to sitting ratio mm. kind of favors the, the action part of it is because you have a very high level of self-awareness. Mm. So like you're very aware of your own motivations, your drive, like you're clear on like, I want to be this future version of me. Mm. So it makes sense that you want to convert mental and emotional energy into action as quickly mm. as possible because you know that's going to help you to evolve mm. like that mm. makes total sense but if mm. you don't have that then it's going to be very very easy for you to get stuck in just sitting because yeah. i don't know if i have what it takes i don't know if i have the skill yeah. i don't know if i have the trust in my ability to learn new things yeah and so therefore like you just kind of get stuck in sitting yeah and the longer you then spend in sitting the yeah. more you start overthinking it and the more you overthink it the bigger the challenge becomes, yeah, the becomes smaller you feel that yeah. you become. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the less likely you are to do anything about it. So that's why I think where we started this today was like, 
you need to be very careful about your ratio of sitting to action. Mm. Mm. And like both are required, yeah. but you need to know that like, it's not just uh, spend all my time in sitting or all my time in action. Well, like, look, look, there look, needs look, to be a good, a good ratio. It's consciously sitting. It's sitting consciously, not unconsciously. Yeah. And it's acting consciously. And again, I think the, the key word you said there, self-awareness. is like, And look, even with the level of self-awareness I have, which I don't think is that high because there's still so much work to do, there's blind spots. And that's why I said it's like investigate your blind spots, hire professionals that can help you with that, understand your underlying motivating factors, and then take the steps from there, you know, because... And, and, and you can't sit wallowing for too long and you can't just be acting like a, like a muppet, you know, you need, mm. you need a conscious underlying pinning there. So yeah, I'm excited to introduce, uh, the, the, the new way to dissect the future in the upcoming episodes. Um, but yeah, uh, that was a, that was a good chat there, Eric. Thank you so much for that. Amazing. So as always, thank you for tuning into the expansive podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you join us for this episode. As I mentioned earlier, you can find us on social media. We are pretty much on every single platform. And if you really enjoy the show, we would love to hear from you in the form of a review, uh, which you can do on iTunes, but even on Facebook. Uh, so if you feel like you, you know, if you're not an Apple listener, uh, well done. I'm very proud of you for oh being on God, Android. Oh my God, do you have to start? Uh, no, 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 look, hang on. Nobody started that war with Android. Why, 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 why must you bring that up? Because I didn't, I didn't go muhus with Android. I said nothing. I, was I, like, just, I, I felt you. I just had to bring it in. Come Apple on, users, you, come we on. still love you. We still love you. We no. love all of our, all of our listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, whether you are on Apple or Android or any other operating system, we love all of you. Uh, thank you for joining in. We would love a Jump. review from you on whatever platform is easiest for you. And we hope that okay. you will take this information and apply it into your own life with an expansive mindset. So until next week, thank you very much for joining in. John, thanks as always for a great conversation. Any thank closing you. words from you? No, thank you very much. That was awesome. Um, I'm going to go and uh, tend to my orchard of apples. I've got everything. My whole office is apples. So that's just what it is. Tuffies, tuffies. Okay, Sounded very uh, cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ciao, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.